Y'all niggas got me hot. Is we live? Is we live? Is we live? Yes, yes, you're now tuning into the Rare Podcast. And of course, I'm your host of the most, MK, aka the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Big up my co-host, big up Jason, big up Ashley, big up Shona. They couldn't be here today, but I am joined by some amazing guests. You know, we got a returning person to the show. You Hi. Know. Yeah, say hello to the people, Alicia. Hi, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell them where you can find you at and everything. Alicia Salami mm-hmm. with the two eyes at the end on TikTok and Alicia Salami on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we have got a guest that I've been wanting to get on the show for a while. Without further ado, bro, introduce yourself. Tell the people where they can find you a bit about yourself. Um, Gaz, I am a podcast host for uh, the Post Credit Scene podcast. I love film and television. Um, so I do a lot of TikTok content. Well, I started doing a lot of TikTok content on sort of films and my favourite scenes and different films and television shows. Mm-hmm. You can find me on TikTok, Midnight Gaz, The Night with a K, and um, you can find me on Instagram, same at as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for having me, bro. Appreciate nah, it. No, man, it's a pleasure, man, it's a pleasure. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, we like to do a segment called Rare Moment of the Week, where we like to spotlight a creative that we think is doing well. It could be in any particular industry. Um, I'd like to spotlight a guy called um, M. Brown on TikTok. He released a snippet um, of a song that I've, that's been stuck in my head all the time. And yeah, I just love the fact, the resurgence of UK R&B. So mm. um, yeah, mm. let me find his actual page. Is like, it, are you, is R&B been your bag? Or? R&B is definitely my bag. Like mm-hmm. R&B is like, I'm a huge R&B fan. Like Confessions is one of my top five albums come on, all the time. Come on, yes! Like, listen, I love her SWV. I okay. love the Faith Evans, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige, like yeah. the R&B is my bag, innit? But obviously, like I love to see like the homegrown to support homegrown talent as well. Definitely. But yeah, so the um, the the guy is M Brown official. Um, if you go, he's, uh, that's on TikTok. That's on um, Instagram. He's got a few EPs out, but yeah, he released a snippet on TikTok like a week ago. That's been stuck in my head, mm. and I'm just excited for um, him to release the song. So yeah. So, Alicia, your rare moment of the week. So my rare moment of the week, w- of my rare, oh, my rare. a tongue twister that yeah. Rare yeah. Moment of the week. <laughs> yeah, my rare moment of the week goes out to Crystal with the crystals on TikTok. Mm-hmm. She is um, a good friend of mine and she is the head of TikTok for Guap magazine. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're all, they're all killing up. the game. She's killing the game. So you can definitely find her at, yeah, Crystal with the crystals on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Gaz, your rare moment of the week? Yeah, my rare moment of the week uh, goes out to Gold Diggers. Uh, it's, a, ah. it's a football podcast. Yeah, bring um, them up. I know a few of the people that are part of that podcast and I've seen sort of their growth from where they were to where yeah, they're for sure. now. And, and they're pl- plugging in uh, a huge gap in, in, in the market for women's football. And they're, and they're very knowledgeable, bro. Like people, oh, for sure. I think people try and question whether, like, do women know football? Like, the typical masculine footwear is like football's a men's game which I think is outdated and it should be outdated yeah. of course um, and they, they every time they come up on my um, on my 
TikTok FYP is like mm. knowledgeable sh- stuff. Analysis. I say. And I'm like, I know I act like I just completely know football, but I like to think I do. And yeah. they're yeah. coming up with the same stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You lot are really, really intelligent. And you. And also you go on their podcast and you find stuff that you didn't really see. Like you find takes on the game that you didn't really see that. Yeah, gold diggers are cold. I've been seeing them do their thing for a while. So it's like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're plugging the, and they're doing their thing. So shout yeah, out to man. them. Shout out to Moyo especially because good friend of mine. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So that's been Rare Moment of the Week. We'll catch you on the next episode of another Rare Moment. But guys, um, tell me. start, bro, yeah. I'm going to say your intro is cold, bro. <laughs> <laughs> your intro is crazy, bro. I like that one still. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Do you know what? I had that intro. I've had that intro for years. Um, I, I've never revealed this on the podcast, but I reveal it. So the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour part, comes from um, an episode of My Wife and Kids. Is it? Um, okay. There's an episode where Junior's on the phone. <laughs> and he's like, um, I think he's he's trying to show Michael that he can talk to women. And he's like, it, hey, baby, it's the love doctor. The man of the hour too sweet to be sad. I, I can imagine. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm taking that. I'm using it for something. <laughs> and then, yeah, so that, that's just kind of where the intro evolved from. But yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. No stress. But um, let's get into you, man. Um, cool. like, um, so I discovered you from um, the post credit scene podcast and just um, from there. So like, tell me about the genesis of the podcast and even just about your like, your genesis into film, like what got you like interested in film and television as a whole? How long you got, mate? Um, <laughs> no, no, I won't. I won't take up too much time. Um, the post credit scene podcast, basically, myself and uh, a guy called Manuel. He's a good friend of mine. He's a good. He's a good lad. Um, we just used to just message about films, scenes, and especially, I guess, MCU stuff when it was at when it was at its peak at that particular time. I'm not saying there's not a peak for the MCU now. Would you? What, when was that? Around Infinity War times or? before that infinity war time but you know what really got us really talking was when it was lockdown so we just okay. so i think during that period wonder vision had just come out mm-hmm. and the first few episodes of wonder vision left me completely befuddled i was so confused as to what was going on for the yeah. first two and a half episodes yeah and then it all it all started to make sense like the pieces came together and i was like this is a television series. This is class. Like, I really loved it. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a fan of the MCU anyway. But <laughs> I'm I think a she, big she loves WandaVision. <laughs> so uh, I thought that series was amazing. And they dropped so it's many, like, Easter eggs and teasers that mm. weren't teasers. And it was like, yeah. you lot knew what you're doing. You, you've kept me plugged into the MCU during a period where there's nothing going on whatsoever. Exactly, yeah. uh, fast forward, um, I got invited to... Uh, fast forward a few months, maybe, I think. After sort of lockdown, it was like September period. I got invited to uh, review a film. And I can't remember which film it is, but Matt Damon's in it and Ben Affleck. Um, and it was an interesting film. It was like based around um, three different perspectives from characters of one situation. And you get to see their insight into what they saw happen from their perspective. Each perspective is obviously different, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is a reality for us as people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I got asked to write a film review for the first time for that film. Uh, and I think it was a multimedia screening I went to. And I've never written about film prior to that. Everything I'd written was football content. because. Yeah. That was my background. Um, yeah. And then slowly but surely, I just started getting invited to a few more screenings, which is quite cool. So nice to watch a film before the rest of you suckers. Mm-hmm. Um, choking, mm-hmm. of course not. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, and then myself, Manny, we were talking, Manny's like, guys, you want to do a podcast? And I was like, nah, bro. <laughs> like, and, and There's a stigma around podcasts. There is a stigma around podcasts. Yeah. I, like, I was like, nah, bro. But he was like, um, what if it's about film and television? Like, you know, we both love film and TV, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he has a guy called Huss, who's a friend of his from years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Huss w- has, was working in the film industry, at the film and TV at the time, sort of as a PR. Uh, well, he was working in PR within film and television. And um, f- 
somehow we ended up doing a Spider-Man episode. You know what's funny? That our first episode was a review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously loved that yeah. film. Film yeah. was incredible, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Has its flaws and, you know, why people might not love it as much, but it's a great film it as a is, whole. Yeah, that was our first episode. And then since then, we've just been... I guess that was like a, a tester to see if we wanted to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, like a little pilot. It was it's, That is the exact word I was yeah. trying to find him up. Yeah, I couldn't find <laughs> it. It was a pilot episode. It went really well. Um, and then, you know what, as well, bro? It's like, at the time, I felt like there was a gap in the market for, like, black content creators. Absolutely. Around film and television. There is, yeah. And I can get into it more later because I don't want to take up too much time. But mm. upon coming into the industry, I guess I'm here, I think... Like there are there, <laughs> there are more people here than I thought. Yeah, it's not as it's not as bad as I thought it was. There, there's no black creators, but the, when you go to these screenings, you're still more likely to see the typical faces, yeah. and the typical, yeah. typical profiles, I guess. And then yeah. what you're gonna get is the typical perspectives. Mm. And I think it's nice to see slowly but surely more and more people from from across the sort of different parts of the of, of London, I guess, the world, yeah. 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 coming into this yeah. world. And yeah. I feel like I feel like in the when when we looked at um black film and television critique, I often I often had to go to like um the states to like see a black um reviewer review like Marvel or whatever. And obviously representation representation is great, but like it's it when I started seeing like Alicia on TikTok and I started seeing you and I started seeing other people, um, talk about the content that I engage with, it yeah. it, it resonates more because like oh like right. we're from the same yeah, places, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's like it's inspiring because it means that okay like. It empowers me to be doing what I'm doing and other people, do you know what I'm saying? Ecosystem yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah and, totally. and all these all these little connections being made like help grow like our in like us within the industry, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think I think like what you're doing today, you've brought three different content creators or creators of sort of the film and TV world yeah. into one space yeah. to talk about the same thing. Yeah. And it's like that elevates the work we're all doing and it all, yeah. it brings 100%. us together, bridges a gap. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of I guess the sense of the of the podcast. I mean it's you know what you just spoke about? You said, oh, you know, um, seeing someone like-minded. And yeah. I fully agree with you. I don't always think, like... So I used to go on to, like, YouTube after MCU films mm-hmm. and uh, Emergency Also. Emergency yeah, Awesome. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, they're... Jeremy Jones, all of them, right? They're yeah. great at what they do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I was like, well, I'm not saying I can do that, but I can do that in our way. Yeah, sort of, thing. yeah, so of course. I think that was the uh, the yeah. essence of the of the pod. Yeah. I'm a... Like I said, we're going to get to the Marvel stuff. I'm going to do a quick icebreaker, right? Cool, bro. So, cool. We all watch Disney films, right? Of course. Right, cool. This is cool. One Disney movie has to go. Okay. Right. Okay. This is the I'm gonna, I'm gonna say four. Lion King. Okay. Toy Story. Mm. The Incredibles. Oh. Or Finding Nemo. <gasps> For me, Nemo can go. You're rude. Yeah. No, Nemo <laughs> is such a brilliant film. I will defend it. I watched it's it last week. Are you kidding? No, yeah, listen. Listen, 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 yeah. The fact that it's just about a fish in the sea, but you're invested for a good 90 minutes, that's how you know that they created the block. Don't get me wrong. All of these movies I consider... What like was the first one? Lion King? Lion yeah, King. That can't go. That can't go. That can't go. That's, that's heritage. What, what was that one? Um, Toy Story. Toy Story. And then Incredibles. Incredibles. I can't take out Incredibles. That one's brilliant. And I think Toy Story's got too much history, man. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <sighs> but maybe maybe I it's time for history to go. I don't, no, I, but I feel like... Do you know what it is? I feel like if it was... I think Finding Nemo out of those ones. Out of those one, ones, the ones it is it's the, the one, one to I resonate go. with least because I think Incredibles, in my opinion, is the best Pixar movie. It's the best Pixar movie, and uh, no, it's amazing. And I thought Lion King is just—it's just 
it's Lion King. It's 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 an icon. Literally, and I the think the only debate minutes. would be Toy Story and Finding Nemo, and I prefer yeah. Toy Story over Finding Nemo. I'm so, with you, bro. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I can see the pain on your face. <laughs> you could, you, it's like what? No, 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 I'm no, so no, dead. no, 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 fight for it. I can't, can't fight for it. it. No, you're right because, like you said, Toy Story does have history, so. It's the prestige and the, like, the nostalgia the behind it. The fact that they've kept it going for the last like, 20 something years. I swear years. there's like a Buzz film coming out. There's a, there's a Buzz film out. that came out and then they're making another Toy Story movie. Yeah, it's yeah. Toy Story 5 yeah, exactly. in production as we Finding speak. Nemo has to go. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, Unfortunately. I feel so bad. Yeah. My little brother would cry if he heard me say that. He'll be, he'll, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. There's, there's a lot of other Pixar movies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, let's get into the meat of potatoes. Ant-Man, Mania. I want to start, guys, initial thoughts on the movie. So, oh, and full disclosure, this is a spoiler discussion. Right. So if you have not seen the movie, please go and watch the movie and then come back to us um, for a full spoiler breakdown of the film. Yeah, Who's going first? Yeah, you. Like, um, in just in first impressions of the film. First impressions. First impressions, like. You know what? Yeah. Personally, I don't think it was that bad mm. in comparison to the re- in comparison to the reviews that I've been seeing. Yeah. I genuinely feel like Ant Man was actually quite a decent film. Yeah. All right, I'll be honest. I had high expectations because the trailer and everything really got me like amped up for the start of Phase Five. But I thought it was a decent way to to enter into the new phase, the multiverse saga. Like, I haven't really got an issue with it i think the thing that i would say was the most like the thing that kind of was like could have been better was for example the delays in, in kind of revealing the story mm-hmm. so like with janet what she was hiding she was hiding it for a good hour like she didn't say anything and then i was like okay when is she gonna reveal what she's trying you to reveal wish that had come earlier in the film yeah exactly okay, yeah. okay cool. i just feel like other than that it was like kind of a bit of delays a bit of cgi but we're all right no complaints. Yes, your in, in first impressions, initial thoughts. Um, I had to write a review about this film. Um, I think it's a good film. I, st- I sounded so negative there, so apologies. <laughs> I think it's a good film. Okay. I think it has its flaws. Mm. I think most Marvel films are flawed anyway because mm-hmm. because they're sort of restricted to a degree by a machine or mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. a blueprint of what comes yeah. from a Marvel film. Fairs. I think the MCU as a whole is now suffering from a number of things. I think it's suffering from uh, from not superhero fatigue, but I just think there's a, there is a Marvel fatigue. There is a Marvel fatigue, sure. Do you guys think so? Yeah. What I do you mean by, like, Marvel fatigue, though? I think Phase... I think Phase 4 had so much content, and if the content... Even if the content's good, people are going to struggle to keep up with that anyway. And you've got to remember that this is, like, what, the 31st film, and then you yeah. have to add to that the series that have now been put into true, the sort of phases. True, true. And, and there's also been, with Marvel films, there's always been like, because they've done this for so long, you start to notice patterns of repetition in these movies. Mm. Um, whether that like, people obviously talk about the MCU style of humour, people talk about even s- similar narrative points, and even sometimes, sometimes certain films don't look visually distinct from the other. The third so, act issue. Yeah, and, the thir- and, the f- and then, yeah, the CGI third act issue. So a lot of people are now becoming a lot more critical of the MCU as a whole, yeah. which Definitely. means each movie that subsequently comes out is under more scrutiny. More scrutiny, bro. Mm. And you know what it is as well? I feel as though, more so the critics than the fans. I don't think the fans hated this film as much as the critics did. Mm. But I think the critics uh, have been waiting for some time to really let loose on Marvel because it's it's like anything. It's, it's almost like, I, co- I kind of compared Marvel to Drake the other day in my group chat. It's going to sound a bit obscure. Okay. But like, 
where when Drake came through, for the most part, he was loved, yeah, adored, and his the quality of what he produced was actually really good as well. Yeah. And as time passed, I'm, and I'm a Drake fan, I feel like the quality did start to dilute slightly. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. And I think that's happened with the MCU. Mm-hmm. And then I feel as though now people are ready, have kind of had enough of the same thing. But I don't think that's a bad thing, and I'll get into that later. I don't think it's bad if Marvel loses some of its the people that go to watch these films. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on Ant-Man, um, I don't think it was as bad as the critics have said, but I also didn't think like it was a particularly great movie. I felt like it had great elements. Mm. Um, okay. Give me Kang's, one, talk to me. Kang's performance. Um, Jonathan Majors as Kang. Yeah. I felt like he was incredibly intimidating. I felt like the the setup for him and his variants was obviously built from, from low-key, but it, it was done masterfully well, and I feel like I'm very interested in seeing not only the Kang variants, but I wasn't done with Kang the Conqueror yet as well. And I kind of wanted to see more from him mm. and hope, I mean, I mean, he's presumed dead, but I don't know. Hopefully I see him again, but regardless, I felt like Kang was done well. By the way, I just went on a quick, I think Jonathan Majors is now like the film darling of like the industry. Oh, for sure. Of, like, as, a, as a male figure, he mm. is the... And I'm and I'm happy for him because I, I discovered Jonathan Majors during lockdown through Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Um, I watched Lovecraft Country and then his performance of that was excellent. Mm. And then just seeing him, obviously, um, Ant-Man, he's in Creed. He's going to be in a bunch of other I projects. Heard, I, I, I heard he absolutely bodied Creed. Yeah, I can't, wait for, Creed. Yeah, I really can't wait for Creed. I really can't wait for Creed. I'm going to have to go and watch that. It's going to be crazy. But yeah, like Jonathan Majors, his performance as Kang was like intimidating. And I've noticed um, a trend. I, 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 I noticed this in Thor, Love and Thunder as well. Oh, God. Do you think <laughs> that Marvel, because Marvel have been criticised for having too much comedy in their movies and that can sometimes apply to their villains. Yeah. Do you think there's been somewhat of an overcorrection because now, at least with um, Gore the God Butcher and um, Kang, there's a lot more seriousness to their villains now. Um, yeah. In comparison... Can I just say, Gore was wasted. I am so annoyed. Yeah. How can you waste Christian Bell? No. On a performance like that. Oh, no. I felt like, like, like his performance was so small. Like, the screen time yeah. and everything was crazy. Christian Bell. Bell. Christian Bell is somebody I would... And maybe Christian Bell didn't want to sign to a long-term project. But if you're going to give Christian Bell a movie, you're, you have to, like, give Christian Bell material that serves him. The tone yeah. has, to, has to match... But you know what, God the God Butcher as well, his storyline, we didn't really get to like dive into it as much as we could so have. you don't care about it. Yeah. That's all, exactly. It didn't even give like Christian Mother platform to play like a huge villain. Yeah. Like a really, really bad, you know? You know, if I com- compare to someone like Loki, and I know not, they're not the, the same character, but with Loki, we were given the opportunity to get to know him for his flaws, yes. as well as like the vulnerability that there is to his character, exactly, which then exactly. makes him more relatable and someone that you actually love. Yeah. And we know Loki is... A, is He's a uh, multifaceted character, yeah. shall I say. Yeah. But we got to know that there's more to him than just the Machiavellian type sort yeah. of character. He he has he has the ability to be more than what he was. And, exactly. I, and I feel like with all the Marvel villains that are lauded, the Lokis, the Thanoses, the Killmongers, we've got significant time to understand these characters' motivations. Mm. And we've got significant time to see... And, these, and all of these villains have an arc, e- even um, in their own movies. You could argue Infinity War is the Thanos movies, the protagonist of that movie. Killmonger goes through, I wouldn't say a character arc, but we see him start from point A, achieve his goal in the movie, and, you know, the aftermath of achieving his goal. I feel like with um, Gore, it was just like... Like a cameo. He was there, and then he wasn't. Yeah. Would you say, with Ant-Man, Quantumania, um, I've heard the discussion that this shouldn't... 
Ant-Man, um, Ant-Man movies have always been the highest movies, slightly comedic. Um, but obviously, because you're introducing Kang, you have to establish high-stakes scenarios. And they feel like Ant-Man Quantumania wasn't the movie to introduce the primary villain of this phase in Kang. Do you feel like Ant-Man was kind of burdened with Kang and Kang should have been introduced elsewhere? Or do you feel like he was well incorporated into the film? I'll let you go first if you want to. I'm actually thinking about it as um, he's talking. Cool, no problem. I think <clears throat> the film tried to sell us that they were high stakes. Mm. And by the third act and by the time we'd realised what had happened, those stakes were not high stakes. They had done no. such a, they had actually done a really good job of building up this sort of he must not be, you know, like the Voldemort feel. Yeah. Like yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, must yeah. not be named. Yeah. This like overpowering, this guy that's conquered an empire. It can't, I, I, I've spoken about it, like kind of like the Star Wars, Darth Vader. Yes. Sort of, mm. this is an empire, some stormtroopers. That you yeah. Could, like, do, you, do you get what I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah of course. And yeah. they did such a good job of that. And then for the ending, I think it could have worked had the stakes been higher in the, in the third act. I feel like Kang got defeated too easily mm-hmm. for me. And that's not to say that he can't be defeated. I just even if he got defeated, I needed someone to lose something. I needed something yeah. to happen to one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because See, this is what I said. Yeah. I expected someone to die. Yeah. That is why I said, like, don't get me wrong, I thought it was a decent film, but that was like my high expectations, for example. With the way they were portraying the film how the film was gonna go in the trailer and stuff like that. I thought either someone's either gonna get trapped, someone's gonna die, or something's gonna go severely wrong that's gonna like link to like a further Marvel project in yeah. the future. So like even the fact that um was it Ant Man and the Wasp got trapped for like a split second? I kind of feel like that ruined the whole element of it. They should have stayed there. They, they should have stayed there. Trapped. That would have been enough. That would, not. It wouldn't have been enough, but it would have given me sat, something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, like this is serious because now they're gonna have to go and get rescued. I felt you know? like obviously Ant Man's the protagonist, and if it would have been a very ballsy decision to kill off Ant Man, but I felt like if you were going to have a character have a sacrificial moment, it would have been Janet for me. Um, because her whole arc, her whole um, <laughs> journey throughout the story was um, she feels responsible for um, the creation of Kang Penance. in terms of um, yeah, rebuilding yeah. his ship. And I thought it would have given her character a good send off if oh. she knew 100%. she, you know, sacrificed herself to, to finally put an end to him. Exactly. After, 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 after her internal struggles throughout the movie, I thought it would have been a good narrative arc if Janet was the one to finally put an end to him, oh, it, yeah. or at least that variant of him. Exactly. It would have it kept off what was a really good... Um, the, I, I really enjoyed the way they expanded on Janet's story. Yeah. Because we didn't know what was going on, what was happening in the quantum realm for those 30-odd years. Yeah. So that would have been a nice way to culminate her story. Yeah. yeah. Instead, it's been left with an open book, and it's like, you may, I didn't care about Janet, and then I did... And, and now it's like, well, I don't care about her again. And exactly. Also, yeah, and her death would have made it more like, oh, it would have hit because now we know her story and everything like that. But now it's more like, okay, she's been saved again. Okay, now what? Now what's going to happen with those four? Like, yeah, you know? and with the stakes, this this movie doesn't have any true lasting impact on the characters. Like the cat, essentially life basically, of, of course we have the um, monologue that um, at the end of the movie where Scott Lang's like, did I really defeat Kang? Did I? But I don't, but I don't think even then I still had hope that something yeah was like gonna go wrong, right? Kang, I don't know. Yeah, like I, something I, stupid. Or they went back into the wrong universe or something like that. Yeah. That's what I was hoping for. I, yeah. I was really hoping for that because I was just like the way people are walking around the street, nothing's adding up. They here. had so many opportunities to do <laughs> so something. So many opportunities and they went wrong. And with a multiverse, like with, even though it's not time travel, like with a multiverse, you could have easily done something like we changed an event here where mm. there, there's some sort of consequence, and I feel like. 
if you're establishing, especially if you're establishing Kang as the big bad of the entire phase, because we've got Avengers Kang Dynasty, oh, we have to have some sort of narrative through line through these movies, right. even though, because mm. I see the argument that you should look at Marvel movies as not only interconnected stories, but their own self-isolated stories. Yeah, By the end of the day, Marvel is a big story. Like, it's a big interconnected story. Yeah. And I feel like there should be some lasting effect that Kang... For example, when Kang, when um, Scott sees Kang again eventually in Avengers, um, Kang Dynasty, there should be, oh my God, what have I done? I've mm. contributed to yeah. this guy's arrival. Yeah. There should be some sense of, okay, like personal ability. But, but because that, because the variant of Kang um, that he encountered is probably dead, he's probably going to encounter another variant. And because um, he essentially saved the day, I don't think there's going to be that um, like that personal connection he's going to have to the villain, which which is what made Thanos so intimidating because he had a personal connection with Gamora. I, mean, I feel like they, mm. that Thanos was written beautifully. Bro. Like he like it was fantastic. Like his introduction in Infinity War, like again, Infinity War was you could argue he's the main character because he's the single character that gets the most screen time mm. out of all the characters. I'm going to rewatch yeah. that film tonight, I think. Honestly, honestly, after Thor's entrance, Thank I saw the other day. Yeah, no, no, oh, but can I just say, yeah, yeah, that's not even Thanos' entrance because remember the post-credits, you'd see him collect each and every single one. So it was right. like that build-up of the hype, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It was like we knew something was coming, but we didn't know what was coming. But I think to your point though, and what you elaborated on really cool was the fact that They've given him some depth. Or yeah. yeah. They've given the character depth and meaning. So, like, he actually, his firstly, his intentions are somewhat understandable. I wouldn't say I completely agree, but yeah. I get the reason he's saying, you know, we need to preserve life. There's not enough to go around, blah, blah, blah. There's people dying because of the... Yeah. So let's just kill half of you anyway. Not right, but yeah. I get it to <laughs> some degree. Yeah, there's a method to the madness. Yeah. And then his relationship with Gamora, where that's like a father and daughter relationship. And although he doesn't necessarily treat her the best, he still loves her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was sad. And that adds to his, uh, to, to the way we understand him as a character. Because you know what it is, bro? And I say this, it matters more with superhero films. Because superhero films are, are extraordinary. They aren't the norm. They're powerful beings with powers that we don't have. Yeah. So you need to give these characters a reason as to why they do what they do. Whereas day-to-day yeah. -day life, sometimes I do stuff and I don't even know why. But I'm just yeah. a human being. I ain't got powers. So you could write that in a film and it would, it would still be somewhat understandable. Yeah. Whereas with these superheroes, they're extraordinary beings, so you need to sort of ground them yeah. a bit more to some degree to for make sure. them relatable. Yeah, exactly. They're make, you're making them relatable. Like when they've lost someone, the grief, for example, you know what I'm saying? Like when it came to Wanda and how many uh, individuals that she'd lost. <sighs> or, you know, okay, okay. Fair example, or like with four, how he lost his father, yeah, then lost course. his mother, yeah. then lost his brother. Yeah. It's like all those things and how they were battling with grief. Deep. Yeah, deep, man, man, deep, man. deep, 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 deep. What a time to be alive. Mm. Trust me. Um, I feel, yeah. yeah, I feel like, okay, let's talk about, obviously there's been a lot of like criticism about like this movie visually. Right. Um, I don't think the movie looks that bad. Of course you could tell like, um, I feel like this encounter is the same problem that a lot of Marvel films kind of, which is the big CGI set piece oh. at the end. Um, but I don't think visually, I don't, like, I don't think visually this movie was bad, but I don't think, I don't think visually we got we got to explore the multiverse as much as I wanted to, um, but again, that's maybe something for other Marvel projects. But, no, but yeah. the problem is that's twice. Yeah, they've done that to us twice. I yeah, think they did it with Doctor Strange. Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah, where mm. they took us into a multiverse, and they could have really just apart. There's one scene that they did which I thought was fantastic, which is the music scene with Strange and Strange. Other than that, yeah. I don't <laughs> think they took many risks with what we saw. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. 
It just kind of threw a bunch of characters in there. Don't get me wrong, I do love the film. Oh, but at the same time, Strange too, yeah? Uh, yeah, look, she's, yeah. She's a wonder stand. I'm a wonder stand. Oh. <laughs> like, no, no, like a proper... I'm you, gonna, love, you love WandaVision too, I'm basically. gonna, Of course, no. But that I'm, was WandaVision too, But listen, by the way. yeah, of course, it was Wanda's film. Yeah, that was not Doctor Strange's film. Okay, but cool. see, that's where they went wrong, though. Yeah. Because you know that film had a whole complete rewrite. Even yeah. WandaVision got a rewrite because Doctor Strange was supposed to make a cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In all the, so it's just like... It's just, I just feel like when it came to Doctor Strange, there was a lot of plot holes or there was a lot of stories that could have been added in to start off with the whole like multiverse idea, yeah. you know? Cause it's like, I think after Spider-Man, everyone has such high expectations of who was going to come in, who we were going to yeah. see, what we were going to see. And it just didn't. And I feel like what the early, cause I think uh, obviously right now, the theme of this, um, of the MC right now is obviously multiversal exploration. And I mm. feel like if you go back to previous phases, when you go to the Infinity Star, I felt like once, the good thing about the Infinity Saga is that we we understood what each Infinity Stone did and what it meant for... We saw how powerful, okay, one Infinity Stone was. Now we see um, the Space Stone, the one with the Mind Stone, and what it meant, what it allowed us to do is that, oh, okay, we're leading up to Thanos. He's going to collect all, all five of these. I can't imagine what that holds. Yeah. With Kang, it's more so... And I understand this is like his first proper introduction in on... TV, I mean on on film because obviously yeah, 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 yeah. it was in. Um, Loki, yeah. But with the with, with the threats with the threats he's making about oh the other variants are worse than me, for me it's like you're telling me he's bad, but have you really shown me how bad and Kang is? is? Because yeah. you've said he's subjected the village, he subjected, um, he's conquered this um, play um, these this particular place in the multiverse. Yeah, but I would have loved a bit more introspection when it came to okay how do the subjects of kang feel about kang yeah. like what has he done to these people mm. because it's like you're telling me he's destroyed worlds okay i don't have any connection to these other worlds why exactly. i know why should I care? I, yeah i know destroying worlds is bad but why is that bad yeah do you know what i'm saying where yeah. again go back to Thanos of infinity war we saw what he did to nebula like the because we saw what he did to gomorrah in terms of treating her like a daughter but he literally removed nebulas. So we know how ruthless this character is yeah. even before we've even seen him. Yeah. So it's like, I would have loved to see, I don't know, a Kang survivor, somebody who survived, um, you know, or some of the people that we met um, when they first entered the multiverse really speak on how, what Kang did to them and let's mm. see the destruction he caused. Because yeah. for right now, it's like, okay, you're telling me he's bad. He's saying he's going to do a lot of bad things. But why am I scared, really? Question for you, then. Yeah, we haven't really seen it. Yeah. We haven't really Qu seen question. it. Question. Go on. Film's two hours and five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. How much time would you dedicate to that? To, and then how, lo how, how long would this film then run? Two, I'd, I'd dedicate maybe... I'd, make, I'd say we could slap on an extra 30 minutes. But I thought... So make it a two hour, 30 minutes movie. But not yeah. 30 minutes dedicated to that. But I just feel like if you reallocate... For example, if you reallocate... Um, time here and there. I one, I feel like Marvel needs to trim their... Um, um, the the final thirds anyway, especially with the CGI fest. What do you mean by final thirds? So the final third of the movie is basically where... Oh, the, like the end, towards the end. Yeah, towards the end, the final okay, climax. The final yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I cool. feel like I didn't need MODOK chasing... Um, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't need all of that. Yeah. Like, MODOK was fine. I didn't mind him as a character. Him being down was kind of funny. It was, 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 was kind of funny, yeah. Ooh, but then the, extent, the, the sequences between... Um, I forget Scott's daughter's name. Cassie. Cassie. The exchanges between him and Cassie, like, they kept going back. You could have trimmed a bit of that fat. Instead of trimming that, explore their dynamic more. That's another thing. It's like, yeah. Scott 
we jump into the film, Cassie's now some sort of vigil not vigilante, but she's like um protesting for for the for the people that um, have got nowhere to live, etc. Yeah. Which is great. Mm. But they didn't explore their dynamic. So they, you know, I feel as though they kind of they put their foot into doing so. Mm. And they kind of it, they tried to make this film a family dynamic thing. Yeah. But they didn't explore it enough. Yeah. Hope why Hope didn't need to be in the film. Yeah. Hope was pretty much Hope and um <laughs> Hank were pretty much well Hank comes in at the end with the ant, so that's his justification no, for the I movie. can't lie, I loved Hank. He was charismatic. He's charismatic. Michael, I, yeah, I yeah, had yeah. a crush Michael. on him throughout the entire film. Douglas is a G man. He's an OG, so <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but I get your point. Yeah, yeah. It, even to echo back of what you said, um, because we we see um, Cassie, you know, she's in, she's all about activism, and yeah, maybe exactly, thank you, and, and and maybe um, in the film, I don't want to like rewrite the whole film because obviously there's, there's writers that that are way more talented than me getting paid <laughs> to do this. But like, I, I would have thought like, yeah, Hank, may, maybe Scott's call to action against Hank could have been like I said, they go to the um, uh, multiverse, mm. they see how people have been subjected by mm-hmm. Hank, and because she's already an activist, she's kind of like got the call to action to be like no we need to stop this because this is the morally right thing to do and yeah. it would tie to her because i feel like the plot point of her being an activist was there it was kind of and then kind of just dropped and then it was became a movie just about you know okay it felt like it felt like it was a movie caught between two minds it was yeah. like okay we want to establish um that you know cassie's grown up and she can fend for herself and her and um, scott's relationship is evolving and want to introduce kang it didn't feel like those two piece ideas cohesively blended together. Mm. You it know felt what like I felt stuck like in two minds. Yeah, you know what I felt like was missing was the idea of the fact that Cassie had lost time with her dad. Mm. That was like a really, really big issue. Like that's what I thought was gonna be like a good part of the film, and yeah. it, it was missing in my yeah. personal opinion. I felt like they touched on it lightly, but they didn't touch on it enough. And that's how they could have like even intertwined it with Kang, because obviously he deals with time. He could have helped you know, maybe Ant-Man go back in time and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just feel like when it came to, like, exploring Cassie, exploring those storylines, that should have been, like, a core storyline of the film. Yeah. So before we move on from the movie, because there's another topic we want to touch on, what would you, let's say, out of five, what would you grade the movie out of five, Melissa? Five is tough, you know. I've realised... Three and a yeah. half. Five is harder than five. Than five is harder than ten. Yeah, ten I wouldn't get. I can't give it a five out of five. I can't give it a four out of five. Yeah. I'll be honest. You know, it's three and a half, and it's just. I think it's just with the storyline of the plot holes and stuff like that, and where they missed their potential. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about like the post credits, for example, mm. and like in terms of. Oh, I hated the first post credit. I thought that really? post credit. You know why? Because I, I just. I know why. Uh, no, <laughs> I think I told you. Now, in terms of like Jonathan Majors, Jonathan Majors' portrayal of the other Kangs, I just didn't really like. You said it. I just felt like it was a bit goofy in a way. Like I wasn't really feeling the way he was acting as those characters. I didn't even realize that it was a Mortis that was like the main one that said that you know he had called all those other variants to come in, and now they're gonna obviously invade the multiverse saga and stuff like that. But I just felt like yeah, it could have been done a bit better. Second one. Victor Samley, I really enjoyed. I, I yeah. kind of enjoyed both post credit scenes, if I'm honest. But the second one was really good. Victor, oh, the second one was I think the Victor Timely thing. Uh, I like. I want hopefully they explore it in Loki too. Yeah. It was great yeah. to see Loki as always and Morbius. And obviously the way we know that story ended, where sort of Morbius doesn't know who this version of Loki is. Yeah, it yeah. should be really cool to see them explore. I think that's the one aspect of the series to the films 
tie-in thing they've tried to do that's the one uh, this one aspect is where they've done it really well is with yeah. sort of low key to the multiverse yeah. or the timeline sort of thing I yeah. think they've done it really well yeah. um, film rating I give it a 3 out of 5 it's not a bad film it's a good film it's got flaws yeah. um, I think if we're going to move on from sort of the film talk in terms of Ant-Man I think people need to two things I have to say actually the first yeah. thing is there's more to this Marvel thing than just Kevin Foggy and putting out loads of content that isn't, from my perspective and knowledge, what Kevin Feige wants. Yeah. Obviously, there's powerhouses behind him. And mm. obviously, Disney changed their um, their CEO or their, the, the head of Disney from Bob Iger. Bob Iger left maybe, I think, two and a half, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Bob Shafek came in. Bob Shafek used to run the, the, the sites, so like the, the funfair sites. Not funfair sites, what's they called, sorry? The theme parks. Okay, yeah. yeah. And he's coming to take over, essentially, the enter- entertainment division. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't make sense, really. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously, like Iger chose him as his successor. Yeah. And Iger's come back and kicked him out. <laughs> Was it? Yeah, yeah. Which happened, oh. I think, in the, during like the summer, towards the end of summer. Bob Iger's now back in. So I think we will, and that kind of intertwines with Kevin Foggy's point, right? Where Foggy said, we're going to slow down on the content. Yeah, we're exactly. We're going to put out less series. Yeah. And we're going to make sure that these stories are, are given the time and dedication that they, they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to what we would have seen in phases one, two, and three. Because yeah. I feel like with the MCU, in the beauty of the MCU, and obviously, I try not to be too revisionist in history, but I think it's fair to say in the previous MCU, like while there were obviously narrative constrictions and obviously Kevin Feige had an idea mm. of where he wanted to take the series, I felt like there was a lot more directorial flair in a lot of these movies. A lot of these movies, like, a Russo Brothers movie don't didn't, start. didn't don't start, bro. <laughs> like we're gonna make we're gonna pod forever. Yeah, you start talking about Winter Soldier. I'm going crazy. No, Winter Soldier. No, no, yeah, no, but, cold, but like a Russo cold. Brothers movie didn't look like um any other movie. Like MCU. a James Gunn, yeah, James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like all of these movies, Strange had a different tone. Blah blah blah. All yeah. of these movies felt different, and obviously, like now I'm kind of seeing like a lot of things become more homogenized and merged together, and it's like maybe if you slow down production times and directors are really allowed more directors and editors as well because obviously the there was the edit, yeah the v- visual effects but obviously there was the um, editor strikes that were going a few a few uh, months there's ago there's going to be more strikes bro it's going to be interesting yeah. time yeah. I just feel like you know the beauty about Marvel was that slow sometimes slow and steady wins the race and obviously you've built the empire you've gotten here and I feel like Marvel have cultivated a diehard fan base that you know will follow them wherever they go and yeah. like not and I feel like some of the critiques are hyperbolic. Like, the movies aren't that bad, except for Love and Father. That mm. is that bad. Mm, but... Mm, I agree. agree. I feel like, yeah, just slowing down the pace of films, like, yeah. giving projects a bit more time That's and That's why care. I'm glad Blade has been... <coughs> even though I was they, ever so slightly worried that mm. they've kind of changed the director. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that they've given it the time that it needs, because mm. sure. you can't mess up Blade. They've scaled back on a lot. Yeah. A they lot can't mess up Blade, and they year. can't mess up Daredevil, so... Yeah, no, no, it's good. Right, they can't mess up those two, like... Oh, because we haven't had a Blade film in how long? Good what, what, 20, 30 years. 20, and, and, yeah. and, and, and listen, Mahershala Ali is one of my favourite actors. Well, that's a, that's a, I swear he's got an Oscar now. He's got yeah. a couple of Oscars. Yeah. He's got a couple. Yeah. Like, he's a... Uh, if you're going to have Mahershala Ali, like, be one, be one of your characters, you better give them the materials. And Blade is a character that is so unique. And I think he's a breath of fresh air in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's a it's vampire. It's to go yeah. to make this dark. You see what they didn't do with Moon Knight? They can do it here. Mm. Yeah, It's a great opportunity because I, I have a... Fr- oh, bro, I have so many frustrations, bro. <laughs> I'm so scared about Daredevil. I'm scared from what they did to him in She-Hulk. Yeah. I'm a, I'm f- but especially as a fan of someone the, the, uh, of the Netflix the series. The Netflix series, bro. I was like, 
Oh, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Because that Daredevil series, and it's easily one of my favorite, like as a Marvel project. Yeah. Easily, I feel that. I feel that that is the gold standard for superhero television, especially when it's grounded, right? But do you think it's because, like for example, Marvel need to like go more into that whole R-rated scene? Yeah, I've de- definitely. But I think they can take. Not everything has to, to be. be no, yeah. not everything has to be R-rated, but it just I feel like. When, for example, because they're going to make Deadpool R-rated now, that's the first Marvel film that's going to be R-rated. I just feel like that gives them the opportunity to be more gory, explore more graphic detail. You know what I'm saying? Tone shift. Tone shift. So with like Daredevil and Blade, if those films are R-rated, that would be absolutely wicked. That means I'm going to appreciate maybe a four... No. I might appreciate a Guardians even more, more. tonally. Or maybe because, because, or because it's variety, there's contrast. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the brighter the light, the bigger the shadow. Like, w- there's contrast there. Because if you if you make everything similar tonally, yeah. things start to blend in together and things become less unique and distinct. But if you have something like a blade or Guardians of the Galaxy that's coming out recently, then you have a blade coming out years later. It's like, oh, this is different. These are Spot. two different things. Exactly. And then when they eventually interact the interaction between them that we will get in Avengers or a crossover movie will feel oh, a, a lot more different, but yeah. will feel a lot more earned because like, wow, this is literally a combining of two completely different worlds. Mm. I'm curious to see how these two exactly. characters interact. Exactly. So, so yeah. yeah. So like, for example, like that's why when we first got some of these, in- a brief introduction to these interactions with Civil War, it made so much sense because it was like, wait, your parent, you're putting Ant-Man in the same scene as and Iron Man. And it worked. <laughs> and, it, and it worked brilliantly. Yeah. And, and, and they yeah. played off of the fact that Ant-Man is in over his head. when they <laughs> cut. Why is he in the airport? Even despite, you know what I'm saying? Amazing. Yeah. Ah, so good, yeah. man. So they've got, they've, um, so I have a question for both of you, though, yeah. before we maybe move on. Yeah. Give me a prediction for civil for Secret Wars. One oh. prediction of oh. something nuts that you expect to happen. Just oh, one. Just look, one. Yeah, phase six, yeah. I'm so excited for that. Right. Secret Wars. Just one prediction, because that can be anything. Anything can literally happen. So you've got the scope to, to kind of, you know, be creative. If I you don't like. know. I feel like it's going to be like a new Avengers set. Like, obviously, you might have a couple from, like, the previous um, phases. But I mean, like, I can imagine, like, Moonlight there, Blade there. Like, just like a, com- like a, com- like a combination of all these different characters. And it's going to be like a completely different Which vibe. Which one character would you like to see in that film that we haven't yet seen on screen? Ooh. I've got one. Oh, okay. Wait, you'd I want to go super like. cosmic. Go on. Silver Surfer. Hear it. It's funny. Silver. Oh, s- my Super day. cosmic. Like, Silver's like, and I, and I, that's what I think the eventual Fantastic Four movie, that's my, my expectation for the eventual Fantastic Four movie is go super cosmic. Mm. Go, go Silver Surfer. Yeah, go to yeah, the Galactuses. Yeah, like, yeah, n- yeah, not, yeah. not in terms of them being main villains, but open us to that to that the, side of the, the depth of the cosmic mm, universe mm, mm, right. yes yeah. I agree I agree I agree I agree that, 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 that's my that, oh. that, that's kind of what I want to see Silver yeah. Surfer's Master are you more excited for Fantastic Four or for Mutants Fantastic Four Fantastic Four are you kidding Mutants Mutants is the bigger risk and you can mess up Mutants especially with the framework of especially with the responsibility of you have to introduce Mutants into a universe where there's well, there are mutants, but mutant kind hasn't been here. Yeah, it hasn't it's really been in the MCU like yeah. that. Yeah. So you... How do you layer that in? How do you do Magneto when his story is intrinsically entire to World War Two, and, mm. and in the current 616 universe, there were no mutants in World War Two. So it's, it's... But then maybe that's how, like, that's how it gives them the opportunity. Essentially, like, 
maybe not with the mutants on Earth 616, but the mutants from different yeah. universes. That's probably how they might try and but tie then, that in. Yeah. Because that's how they gave us Xavier. Yeah. He was in Earth 838. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, with mutants, you have, there's a lot of, there's a lot of plot holes you have to, a lot of things you have to consider yeah. while introducing mutants into the MCU. And I feel like it's, I'm glad that they're, I'm glad that they're trying, they're taking the risk because it's, it shows ambition. Mm. But boy, is it an undertaking. And I think for, for me, for fantastic. Needs, it, the MCU yeah. does need that stardust though. Yeah. It mm. needs those, we grew up, obviously, I, I, I don't know how you guys grew up in terms of your, your comic book reading and your sort of TV shows, but yeah. we, I grew up the X-Men was the face of Marvel and Spider-Man. Mm. For sure. Wolverine mm. especially, Xavier, mm. Magneto. But MCU has made Captain America and Iron Man stars, stars and bigger characters. They were B-list characters. And they were still important. That, yeah. That's not to say they weren't important. So yeah. please, I don't, no comments, don't come in yeah. at me. But <laughs> they weren't but poster boys. Like there's, there's a difference between like, like the way um, Batman, Superman are the icons of DC X-Men and Spider-Man were the icons of Marvel and Comics Captain America and Iron Man. Right. They were important, but they weren't like poster, the stars, poster yeah, Charles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They They've lost the their poster Charles and they need new ones. Yeah. Or the MCU needs new ones. So Kang is hopefully kind of one in, in, in a sense. Mm. And he needs, he needs more, man. Who do you think it's going to be the other one then? If you would say there was like two poster Charles for the new. I don't know. I definitely hmm. think... Hmm. I would say put Fantastic Four out there. Like... like Make the Fantastic Four family like. I feel like they're trying to make Reed Richards the person. Yes, child, and I don't want them to. I feel. I feel like, but in the comics, a lot of characters did get introduced through the Fantastic Four. Yeah. So it was like I, I'm, I'm very excited for them because we haven't had because I'm a fan of like the. The 2000, the Tim Story directed Fantastic Four movies. Oh, they got sp- they're same, my guilty same, pleasures. Same. They're not the they're best my, movies in the, the world. The second one, yeah, oh my, I they loved it. They're loved my like, guilty pleasures. They're the ones that you personally like. I hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, yeah. and then obviously the Fantastic reboot. I wasn't a fan of that. Oh, awful. But ridiculous. Ridiculous. But, <laughs> no, no, that was terrible. But uh, for me, I'm just more so interested in what they do with like the Fantastic because there's so many stories. Yeah. I mean. Ten, 10 years down the line you could do a whole Franklin Richards storyline exactly and yeah Gee. so yeah the the, the 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 possibilities are endless but yeah mutants and with me, the most important thing about the mutants as well is the human to mutant um interaction interact detention yeah and because we're living in the MCU universe where the public are ver- we, we saw an Ant-Man they love superheroes super receptive of superheroes yeah, they're receptive true, true, and obviously true, mutants true. are a different thing but I wonder how do you organically incorporate that tension between mutants and the general public when the general public are already accepted to superheroes. But mm-hmm. that's a good problem to have in terms of that story. Like it gives you a lot of cre- creative freedom to do the right. It has things. to be yeah. a one. Yeah, because you never know. You know what could happen over the next like couple of years or so. Maybe like you know the human interaction with like superheroes kind of changes. Mm. So instead of thinking, oh, yeah, you your know, girl caused some tension. Bombing well, places and killing yeah, people. Yeah, but you Sokovia. know, she's been through a lot, <laughs> innit? She's been through a lot, so we have to let <laughs> this, like... This Stealing children that ain't hers, but yeah. Oh, no, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. Crazy. They were essentially, that was her kids, just in a different universe. <laughs> no. Do you think we're going to see them come back? Well, wonder. The kids. Listen, yeah. Okay, the kids. Oh. Um, Not necessarily the same actors, Maybe, Maybe, like, older. We might see Wicked and It seems like they're trying to do the whole yeah. Young Avengers. Young Avengers. I wouldn't be surprised for that. But you know what I definitely think? You see in phase six, they purposely left the um, timeline blank. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced 
that there might be a Scarlet Witch solo film in there. Possibly. What I'm hoping for. I'll be honest. That's another star they have. That's another star character and yeah. a star actress. Did you see her performance, bro? In uh, Doctor Strange? What did you yeah. think of it? What she did was you amazing. Think? She was a star. No, she's amazing. She she's, bodied she's the incredible. film into what, 20 minutes? That's another yeah. film. That's another oh. person that could easily have a film. Anyway, oh my yeah. gosh. I, I could talk about this stuff all day. I Listen. can talk about Wanda until the end of time. I've been talking about it until the end of time. So, this is, we're still going to stay on Marvel, but right. I wanted yeah, yeah. to pivot it in terms of phase four as a whole. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on phase four? I know we're, we're condensing a bunch of different movies, but where would you rank phase four in terms of would you say it's the overall is the worst phase of marvel was it was it do you think it's like slept on like what are your thoughts on phase four as a whole because that there's been a whole lot of discussion we, we spoke before in the beginning of the podcast is phase four overly criticized because of the quote-unquote marvel fatigue or has phase four failed to capture the imaginations of audiences the way the previous phases have well you just said the second one yeah you know what i agree with you in terms of i can't like, obviously, you know, I love Wanda's, like, villain era and everything like that. But if I was to rank each phase, I would say f- phase four would probably get the bottom. Mm. But phase one to three is, like, definitely on top of it. Because it's just the way they were able to, like, interconnect, like, to connect all the stories together, build up the excitement for, like, the final two Avengers films. Like, that's, you know, untouchable. Mm-hmm. But when it came to phase four, like I said, it was, like, they put too much content in there. They put so much that not everyone was able to keep up. Yeah. People started missing things because it's like, okay, I'm not going to watch this. I can't bother. Myself included. Oh, 100%. <laughs> what did my, you miss? Oh, I missed um, too much. I missed, too I didn't much. watch WandaVision until way later. Um, oh, even Loki, I didn't watch Loki. Like, I just, wow. I you should just, be ashamed. I know. I, I, ashamed. I, I basically <laughs> did like, I basically did cliff notes in order to get to Quantum Mania. Right. Yeah. Maybe. I basically just did cliff, like, for me, it was there was a lot of content being released and a lot of content that... My thing with the MC, a lot of content that I didn't think was necessary at the time. Mm. Um, and my thing with the MCU, because the MCU is a whole big interconnected story, yeah. it was like when She-Hulk was announced, I was like, I'm happy for She-Hulk, but I would rather be introduced in the film and then get a TV show. But that was just personal preference for me. Nice. And plus... There's only so much time in the world I have. Right. <laughs> I think um, just on that personally, it would have been introduced. She's it's a tough character for us to really care about. Yeah. Yeah. And not because it's a bad character. I think, and that's why they, that's why they I think that's why they use Daredevil as a sort of luring because they yeah. know the, that fans of that character will go to anywhere where Matt Cox, uh, aka Daredevil, yeah. is right. Yeah. To phase four though. I feel as though there's a content versus sort of quality issue mm-hmm. with that particular phase. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I feel as though there was every other month there was something coming out. Something, something new, coming yeah. out. And it was like, don't get me wrong, I will watch this because I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you're going to lose a lot of people because of the fact that you're, firstly, the, all these stories are interconnected and that can be quite tiresome for, for some people. Yeah. yeah. And I think, secondly, just on a general basis, when you're trying to put out so much, there's going to be lapses in the quality, yeah. naturally, because you, I feel as though you're stretching someone like Kevin Foggy. You're then stretching the VX guys, the guys that work on set, the writers. Mm. You have to try and connect all these stories and these characters. And then obviously, like a prime example for me was Wakanda Forever, where already it was on a tight schedule as it was, but then you have to deal with the unfortunately passing of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, the movie was pushed back, but then 
you now have writers that have spent years writing a specific plot line to and having to, having to change it on the dime, which mm-hmm. results in the movie feeling un, a bit uneven in certain places and character motivations not being fleshed out as it is. And it's like, because you're, but because you're on a tight deadline to release content on a consistent basis, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, mm-hmm. it, puts, it puts the writers under immense amount of pressure. And I feel like, yeah, Wakanda Forever was an example of that where it was like, I don't, oh, it's not a bad movie. I thought the movie's enjoyable, but yeah. like, obviously, yeah, the, the passing of Chadwick Boseman definitely had to change things. But if Marvel weren't on such a tight schedule, maybe they could, and I understand cost of productions and stuff like that, but if they weren't on such a super rigid schedule, maybe the more time could have been allotted for script um, script changes and so on and so forth. And yeah. yeah. Also, just on that, I think... Um, with phase four. But the first thing I'm going to do is compare phase five to, to sort of phase one. And when I say compare, I mean, it's the start of something new. Yeah. So I can't look at phase four or even phase five the way I looked at phase three story-wise because yeah. they're trying to do something new, right? Yeah. Mm, but fair, as fair. we said, too much content and too much mediocre content. Yeah, they chose quantity over quality. That was their main issue. If you're going to put out all that content, it has to hit. Yeah. You can't just put out mediocre for the sake of mediocre. Mm. What, what are some examples of mediocre to you? She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. The CGI in the last couple episodes of The Sun, Scar, whatever. That oh. was abysmal. <laughs> I, ha- I, was I could go on a whole tirade about how I've not... I, I, I had this conversation with Alicia. Yeah, I have not hate, I have hated this depiction of the Hulk. Yeah, um, they're lost. They don't know what I, they're doing. There's the Hulk's like one of my favorite characters, yeah, and I so. feel like, of yeah. course, the Hulk had to go through a natural evolution where he couldn't be always be angry. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they've just the beauty about the Hulk was it not only was an an exploration of just anger, but the the, the dynamic like between Bruce and the Hulk was in a lot of the best iterations of the Hulk, you never knew where the Hulk began and Bruce ended because they became to a point where yeah, the Hulk is a being, but Bruce is that person. Mm. Bruce has those tendencies of being super angry at the world, whether it's through his... Ch- whether different adaptations have different reasons for him being mm. um, so vengeful. But mm. there's even in certain adaptations where he said, like, I kind of like it when I turn into the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the exploration of, like, him grappling with this being has always been a thing in these Avengers movies. And I understand because of rights because of the Hulk's rights are tied to Universal, Universal. you can't yeah, make yeah. a specific movie about him. But I feel like there are so many, like, I loved what they did in Infinity, Infinity War where the Hulk wouldn't come out. Mm-hmm. And I thought we'd get a <laughs> grander payoff in Endgame. But the Professor Hulk thing was, it was nice. But then I felt like what you've done is stunted the character. You can't, because he's achieved perfect harmony. You yeah. can't take the character anywhere, anywhere interesting else, no. forward yeah. now. It's like his story's done. Yeah. So and yeah. and just even from like to even get super nerdy and geeky and yeah, stuff like that. that. Yeah. Like I, I sent Alicia a clip of two thousand and three Hulk, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He sent <laughs> that movie's flawed. But one thing they got about the Hulk was his movement and his power sets. Mm. Like yeah. the, the the scenes of him running and jumping, the fact that he would, the more angry he got, the stronger, stronger he, he got. got. Yeah. Like, just like, I feel like in MCU, they kind of tamed the Hulk. The Hulk should be terrifying. Mm. And I feel like the first Avengers movie handled that perfectly where 
they were they Chaos. built they built up to the whole age of even age, age of, of Ultron. Ultron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. And I feel like, of course, seeing Thanos in Infinity War dismantle the Hulk was perfect for the interaction of his character. Oh, it just but adds to the gravitas of yeah. Thanos, isn't it? But then what I was waiting for in Endgame is, okay... Re- retribution. Retribution. Yeah. It's like, okay, and, and the whole movie of um, Endgame was the Hulk was afraid to come out. I wanted maybe... Oh, sorry, um, Infinity War, the yeah. Hulk was afraid to come out. I wanted yeah. the Endgame to be like, okay, Hulk and Bruce have the reconciliation. And when it's time... But we've, we've both been damaged by this yes. Thanos guy, so we're both coming for we're you. We're both coming yeah. for you. And and I, I wanted at least an interaction between Hulk and Thanos. Yeah. I feel like Thanos got interactions with Captain Marvel and so on and so forth, but I feel like that should have been explored as well. Mm. I hear you. Mm. Yeah. No, also, I, I think... Well, it was mainly the no a few films. Eternals was okay. Yeah. But how many times can I say this films and series are okay? I think Black Widow was the worst of the lot. Yeah. I haven't watched Black Widow. Uh, what else was there? Moon Knight could have Moon Knight could have been so cold. Could what was wrong with Moon Knight? It, it wasn't. It wasn't dark enough. It wasn't tonally. Mm. I didn't. Yeah. But see, that's why I say they need to start making like R-rated films and series. They need to allow us to have that tone in the film because I feel like that would elevate Marvel so much more. Hundred um, percent. There were some highlights though. Were, like, I enjoyed Shang Chi, Spider Man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Shang Chi is probably my favorite in the Wonder Vision. Um, Doctor Strange. Phase Four. Wonder Wonder Vision was good. Strange was okay. Strange yeah. could have been so much better. Yeah, of course. Uh, I have thoughts on Spider Man No Way Home, but we don't have enough time for that. Yeah, but uh, I have thoughts on okay. it. But yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, Spider Man 4's been like confirmed and everything. No, like, uh, yeah, I think it was like the. Not, not the confirmation, confirmation, but like it's they've confirmed. finished yeah, the story, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. in terms of they've finished the story. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to come out in phase six. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Do you know what I'm also hoping for? Yeah. Just some more grounded stories. Yeah. Like some like New York City stuff where it's just like. Daredevil, Spider-Man, dealing with grounded stuff. Okay. But the only problem is, is that they've taken Spider-Man t- to the cosmic world and like he's been in space. So how do you bring him down to, <laughs> to just New York? I've had my own internal pitch for the next Spider-Man movie. Go okay, go on quickly. You have crime focused. The the movie is tackling organized crime. The villain is Tombstone. Sick. The okay. villain is Tombstone, okay. and I feel like. What does Spider-Man's story need? Because now Spider-Man's on his own. He's living in an apartment. He's like... He's so I feel, I feel like the story should be like, okay, w- whatever, let's say there's some... Kind of like in um, um, Homecoming where there's ch- um, Vulture was, was working on Chitauri Tech. Let's say, for example, street-level villains have gotten a hold of alien tech. Mm. But they're being organised by a greater figure in Tombstone. You can throw in Hammerhead, whatever, Kingpin, whoever. And I feel like... Spider-Man going against the mob is the classic Spider-Man story that I love. Mm. And I feel like it will, it, will, it will give Spider-Man personal stakes in terms of, okay, this person is messing up my city and you can have great action with that. But it also keeps him grounded in New York. And I feel like my one of my main criticisms about um, the Spider-Man trilogy visually is, one, the fact that he's been absent from New York in a lot of these movies <laughs> where yeah, New York is just um is just is just as much of a character in Spider-Man's um stories as a location. Bro, mm. you are spot on. So and a perfect perfect example would be 
Firstly, the Daredevil Netflix series yeah. where they made uh, Devil King, Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. Mm. It felt like a character. Yes. Gotham in the Batman yeah. felt, like, felt like a character. Spot on, bro. New York needs to be a central focus. And 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 what Spider-Man's more? Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. We need a threat. We need a threat that directly targets the neighborhood he's in and the people he cares about. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like having a crime, a mafia... Um, crime-focused movie tackles all of that and keeps him away from all the multiversal threats that are going on because at the end of the day, he's still a kid. Yeah, he doesn't need to get involved in that. doesn't need to. I feel like, for example, his last one kind of showed how he had bitten off more than he could chew and that's why he ended up in that position. Yeah, So him staying grounded in New York is the perfect place. That's where he needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. But guys, man, I'd love to keep talking I've forever. Been this one still. Nah. Yeah. Look, we're definitely going to bring this back. Like, we're of definitely going to have this again. Course, like, like, that for this, sure. was, this was really fun. I, got, like, I had yeah, a great time. Yeah, yeah. man. Nah, but this has been... Uh, listen, I could go to Marvel for forever. But mm-hmm. yeah, guys, um, tell them where they can find you. Tell them where they can find... Yeah. Um, uh, Post Credit Scene Podcast. We're on TikTok. We're on IG. We are... Uh, those are the two platforms we're really on. Uh, Post Credit Scene Podcast. Myself as an individual, uh, you can find me on again TikTok and uh, Instagram. Been that guys. Um, I also write reviews and I do some uh, interviews with people, so you can check that out on my, in my like Instagram bio if you if you want. Um, but yeah, thank you for for having me. Nah, bro. It's been a pleasure. Man. We're def- we are definitely gonna do this again. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely gonna do this again. Alicia, tell the people. Obviously, you. you guys can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Alicia Salami with two eyes at the end on TikTok and one eye with Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can find me personally on uh, Twitter, NK Preach. Um, follow um, the Wrestling's podcast as well. It's a wrestling podcast. I talk about wrestling, WWE, AW. New Japan, whatever wrestling content you want. Shit. So follow restings. And yeah, most importantly, make sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to the Rare Podcast. We are available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. <laughs> make sure you follow us on TikTok. Uh, we've, we've been receiving a lot of love on TikTok recently, so don't, don't. make sure you Come go on. over there. And yeah, man, tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast. It's been a Rare Podcast. We are signing out. Catch you in the next one. Bye. Y'all niggas got me hot.